Carly of Carly and the Machine and I chatted in January and this month is her birthday. Happy birthday, Carly. Welcome to our chat on Episode 9, Series 2 of So Organised Style Podcast. And our podcast is produced by me, Maria Theaharis, Anne Wally the Pattern Whisperer and Amy Chewett of Making Marilyn Emulating Ill. Sound by bensound.com. Stay listening. We're sponsored by Style Sony Patterns and listeners get 25% off their PDF patterns using our discount code. Go to our website at soorganisedstylepodcast.com for the code and promo link. You'll also find a link to our Patreon account so you can keep us podcasting. Carly and the Machine was launched around two years ago and when you stay listening to this podcast, you'll realise how creative and agile Kylie is, as well as her ongoing support for the sewing community. It truly is in everything she does, and it's reflected in her Instagram posts and stories. Kylie's mum is still amazed with Kylie's label business, and you'll hear why. Stay with us. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. We actually got, we're getting rain today, which is really nice. I'm just looking out the window. Oh, we had a giant storm at uh, eight o'clock and it was so loud and I'm thinking, hopefully this passes because there's no way you could record that when it was like, you know, on the tin roof. Yeah. Very loud. Yeah. But it's gone. Yeah. Coming down to you now. (laughs) Yes, I know, which is very nice. So thank you for sending it down. Oh, you're welcome. You need it more than we do. Oh, look, it's Australia, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, how I all... feel at the moment. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start easy. What's on your sewing table at the moment? Because I saw that dress. Yeah, it's actually like a two-piece. So it's kind of like a high-waisted skirt and a little crop top. And, yeah, I've been thinking, I see, it, this is the most expensive fabric purchase I've ever made in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I got it through my friend who's in the home deck. Uh, industry for, for, for textiles yep. so um she has all this amazing contacts and i she had this remnant which was 1.5 meters it's it's 100 linen it's kind of a in between a mid and a heavyweight like it's a really nice weight and it's hand screen printed by the designer in la now it's like i've had it for a little while because you know very expensive so um i but i had this vision for it ages ago that i wanted to make a skirt and a crop top type of thing so it won't actually be like a midriff it'll be they'll meet at the same at the same line yeah and I I drafted a skirt a little while ago just an elastic waisted skirt because I have trouble fitting things to my bottom half because I need like hardly any fabric at the front and I need lots and lots of fabric at the back so and I was constantly altering all of the skirt patterns I was using to have that adjustment. And I'm like, well, it's a skirt. I'm pretty sure I could just measure my body and make something that fits me, you know, based on where I want the side seam to be. So there's like quite a big difference from what, how much fabric I need in the front and how much I need at the back. So I drafted that and I'm wearing the prototype right now. It's just a cotton linen denim looking thing and it's very comfortable so I thought that's going to be the skirt that I use it doesn't have any pockets it's just like a simple skirt but then this one's going to have buttons as well and then the crop top is just a really simple pullover strappy top I need to adjust the straps because they're not sitting perfectly but that'll be another day when I'm sort of halfway through doing it I just hang it up there and have a look at it and then yeah it keeps me inspired to to keep 
going with it. Yeah, it's good. It, you can sort of recharge and then get into the next step because you actually have achieved something. Yes, but also I don't have any of the right elastic. So <laughs> I had to stop where I did. That was as far as I could go. So I just pinned it up on the mannequin and um, I'll have to do a trip, get some elastic and finish it up. Yeah, I think my Nirvana or Dream Shop has got everything I want. So if I've got an idea, I should be able to go there. I don't care if it's retail or not. Uh, like if it's bricks and mortar or not, but I want to be able to get my fabric. I want to get my zippers, buttons, elastic, exactly what I want. Yep. It's a dream. Well, I try to like stock up on the things that I need so that I can like shop from my own assortment of things. However, being that I have my office and I also have like a home sewing area, often um some of the things that i need are at home or at the office and and then, and then I, actually that that's not a bad thing it just means i'm like constantly bringing things to the office and then back home again and and everything like that but uh it's 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 productive that way cuz i i get a lot done mm. in little gaps in between managing a household having a business having sip and sews every so often yeah so Definitely the the gaps are small, but this is what I do. Like I, I come to work, uh, you've been to my office space, you know, it's, it's, a be- it's a beautiful space to come. Well designed. And work. Yes, it's very tranquil most of the time. Mm. And um, I just do, do all the work that I have to do that day. Mm. And then as a reward at the end, I might be able to cut out a pattern on yeah. my giant cutting table and then bring that home or... If, you know, I don't have to rush off and pick the kids up from school, I might be able to get a little, a few seams happening and mm. yeah. So it, it's kind of like the little, the motivation to sew helps me be more productive in my work. Mm. And also the motivation to sew is also a twofold thing because I, I need to do some, some sewing to show off particular labels that we're promoting or just new, new labels that we've received so it's really good because it's just the right amount of motivation that I need I mean I don't work well (laughs) with expectation from others Mm -hmm. Uh, it needs to come from within me yeah Um, and it's a perfect balance it's like we've got a new label that I want to use and then that inspires me to choose a project Mm -hmm. and then needing to finish it using the label to finish it it in it, it motivates me to finish the garment so that's how I think I work really well and it might seem like I'm sewing like crazy all the time but I'm not I'm really just starting one thing and finishing one thing and then I start another thing and I finish that thing I don't have lots of things on the go at once mm. yep. you know at the beginning of the year you always say oh this is the nine things that I'm going to do for the year and I mm-hmm. my people who do them I just can't do that no me neither that's what I thought because I like the idea that, you know, you might want to plan to be able to do nine things. I've got the attention span of a goldfish of about nine seconds. Like something will be great for nine seconds and then I'll look at something else and go, oh, yeah, that's even better. You're very productive because you've got your uh, your labels and you're trying to do something that complements it. Whereas with me, I've got my commitments every month with Nineveh Crafts. But then there's other things that come up during the month as well. 
So, yeah. I mean, that's once a month, but then there are other things that take up the rest of the month. I, I can't do the nine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think for me, it, I don't even, okay, you know how people have lists and, mm. and mood boards and all that? I really don't have that. I, I, I should probably have a list, but I would only just make a list and it would just keep growing and I wouldn't be ticking things off because I'd be adding stuff to it all the time. And then that would yes. probably not make me feel very good. So I just sort of do what I feel like at the time. And, um, and like I said, I, once I start something, I always finish it. So it's not like, yeah. I don't have like 10 ideas that I have, that I start and then I have 10 unfinished things. I don't work like that. I just work with what I feel at the time. And that's actually really good because although my business is very rooted in the sewing community and that's exactly yeah. where I wanted to be, mm. the actual sewing component is still my pleasure time, like my my joy and mm. I don't feel like this any of my sewing is actually work like it complements my work and it shows how we can use our product but the actual sewing part doesn't feel like work and when I was um, thinking about starting a business I knew that I didn't have it in me to be a manufacturing sewing business like I just I know that I couldn't have done that I don't like making things over and over again I might, if I find a pattern that really works and is a really good staple, I might make it a couple of times over, you know, a period of years. But the idea of production line batch sewing, that I think for me, the joy would be gone because it wouldn't be the same feeling of accomplishment. So I'm glad that I have my work, which is, which is amazing. And I love our products. My hobby actually ties perfectly in with my work and it doesn't feel like work. So it's awesome. It is awesome. I still remember that time when we were both at the same frock tails and it was that lunch after shopping. Uh, um, in Melbourne. In Melbourne, yeah. And you were showing people the label ideas that you had at the time. Yeah. Oh, that was a little while ago. You know, it's funny that I realised that we've actually met in three different cities. <laughs> really? <laughs> we've met in Sydney and we met in Melbourne and we've met in Brisbane. I remember Melbourne and Brisbane. Was Sydney one where you came up for our first yeah, house? Yeah, I came to the oh. house, yes. But I don't think I, we had too much discussion, but I definitely met you those three times, so that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yes, yeah, I, I have – honestly, I have, like, a million ideas for labels. It's just picking the ones that make it through my filter, which, you know, uh, the thing is it's really – it is actually difficult because you could make labels that say anything. Hmm. and you know there's going to be somebody that that wants you know that label but we have to keep it refined and and choose what we think is going to suit like a wide variety of sewers hmm. and basically just stick with our core values I mean the whole reason why we started doing this is hmm. that people that are sewing for themselves and their friends and, and their kids and their family members they might not particularly have a brand name and they don't want to buy a lot of labels but they want to put something in so being able to produce little packs of eight labels that people can purchase that they can buy a couple of packs and they have a little variety, a stash to choose from. That's what we're aiming for. So yeah, it's really hard because we, there is that pull because we think, well, this isn't going to please everybody, but it's going to be a popular label because many, many people would, this would apply for many people. And yeah, there's just, there's just so many ideas floating around in my head and I wish we could make them all. <laughs> I wish you could too. And they're fabulous gifts. That's yeah. why I bought a bunch of them last year when I was going overseas to meet a bunch of sewists all over the place. That's right. Yeah. And that they were well received. Oh yeah. 
yeah, I keep a bunch in my handbag in case I meet people when I'm <laughs> sewing or well, when I'm shopping for fabric. Yep. And I might just start chatting and then go for coffee and I say, here, take these. And they're like, oh, tiny labels. I'm like, yes, I know. That's really great. We have had a lot of people that have purchased labels as gifts. And a couple of times people have purchased them for gifts. They sent me a message and they've said, oh, I did buy these labels for my sister or my mom for, for Christmas, but I'm actually, I'm really inspired. I'd like to start sewing. And that like just makes me so happy that, you know, a little tiny label has like made someone think, hey, I might be able to do this and I would be able to put these in the things that I make and inspired a new hobby for someone because as we know sewing is it's that thing that makes us feel all sorts of things all at once Mm. yeah from being grounded to being really frustrated when a zipper doesn't go in properly (laughs) like yeah the whole raft of emotions that you go through yeah I, I don't feel too much frustration anymore I find that it doesn't take long to get into the flow and then once I'm there it just goes from there. And I actually don't mind getting interrupted either because mm. at least when you do get interrupted from sewing, you just pick it up where you left off. Whereas if you get interrupted, I don't know, <laughs> cleaning the house and you have to leave so you get home, it's, it's messy. It's someone else messes it up. Mm. You know, with sewing, it's, it's that thing that's mine and mine only. And it, it just always moves forward. Even if you only move forward a couple of stitches, mm-hmm. um, it's always moving in the same direction and at, and that is towards the end goal of being able to put something on your body and walk outside into yep. the world. Even if it's to the point where you've pinned together some seams and you've got to walk away for the end of the night, come back the yep. next morning, yep. you can zip it up. I think usually if I cut something out that has darts, I will, I will cut everything, I'll mark everything and then I'll pin the darts and then mm-hmm. that's it. Like that might be my prep or if there's any yep. kind of interfacing, I might just do interfacing and pin the darts and then I know that 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 part's done so when I come to it it's like on a platter ready to sew mm, there you go <laughs> so I got a platter oh, no no yes yeah, sorry I'll, just, I'll stop being an idiot there let's get this scene done love this collar band let me just put this blazer aside for a minute and I'll give you some insights into style sewing patterns. Erin Shields is a designing force of style sewing patterns. I first found Erin's patterns when she launched the Nikki Blazer and Myron Lorraine showcased the Nikki Blazer as part of her Black History Month Pattern Designer Challenge last year. Now I bought the Nikki Blazer at the time and this year I decided to use it to participate in Myra and Natita's challenge again. Erin was one of their sponsors and offered a discount to the sewing community to try her patterns. So we know Style Sew Me Patterns supports the sewing community in many ways apart from the pattern range that Erin provides us. Making the Nikki blazer when I ran out of time this month was only tricky because it was crunch time when I got my act into gear to make this blazer. The instructions were simple to follow. The style is simple. As a petite, sometimes simple styles work best. Less fuss, no bother. I can always use a bit of style in my everyday life so it lifts my spirits and helps me get through the day a bit easier. 
You can browse through Erin's pattern range at stylesome.com. The patterns are available as printed patterns or as PDFs if you really need your pattern today. Listeners get 25% off Style so Me PDF patterns with a special discount code and link on our website homepage, soorganisedstylepodcast.com. You can sponsor us on our Patreon page too. Don't be afraid to try these styles because you'll find Erin has developed video tutorials to get you from A to B when you sew her patterns. Let's get back to this podcast. So the Ida Clutch. Yes. <laughs> that is a huge story. So how did it start for you? Well, yeah. for me, hmm. um, I, reversing back, when I had my third son, I was sewing a lot, but I wasn't really posting anything about it. However, I was following people that were sewing. I think now why I wasn't posting is because most of the people that were following me were just friends and family. And I just thought they're not going to be interested in seeing any of the stuff that I posted about sewing. So I just refrained from doing it, even though I was sewing all the time. And then on the New Year's Day of that year, I decided I'm going to post the progress photos. I'm going to post stuff that I'm doing that's sewing. And what do you know? (laughs) I had lots of other people that were wanting to see that and started to follow me and then I thought well I really want people to come to my website because I built a website so I decided to offer something for free for people to come and check out what I was doing as I did a little bit of a research on that so then I sat in my room and I tried to make this clutch purse I made about five different ones and I was getting really frustrated I was just making them out of paper and then slowly kind of making things out of fabric I have no drafting experience it was very much trial and error I was about to throw in the towel with this whole project. I literally threw all of the prototypes in a pile on the floor. And then all of a sudden, the Ida Clutch came to me in my, in my mind of how I wanted it to be. And then within about 15 minutes, I'd pretty much constructed one out of paper. And then I made one out of fabric. And then there it was. I didn't make any changes since then. Mm. So it was really like a strike of lightning it's very it's a very odd feeling but it was great because um I said to my husband I'm not I'm not gonna get this done and then he's like you know you just keep trying and then and then it came out and then I launched it and and it sort of blew up yes it has <laughs> it's still blowing up <laughs> yes well I, I I all I just wanted to day was hey I've got a website you can come and visit it um, and you can get this free pattern and all of a sudden you know people around the world are buying expensive leather Mm. and really you know putting a lot of effort into these things I've seen ones that are embroidered by hand or have they've used like vintage fabrics and patchwork things with silk linings I've seen one that's been hand beaded by hand and all the tassels that people put yes. on them. Oh, Different handles. Yeah, handles and people have changed the size a little bit and they've made them for their friends and family for gifts. And, of course, when you go to the Frocktails event, obviously when I go to any Frocktails event, there's always a big cluster of them and it's just amazing the support of this little pattern. It really catapulted everything from there. The Ida Clutch, it's... It really, I could owe a lot of my success to 
this little clutch. It's an awesome clutch. And every time there's a Frocktails, I know in Melbourne especially, leading up to Frocktails, everyone's trying to make some outfit for the time for that night. Yeah. Yeah. And usually three hours beforehand, you'll have yes. people posting up there, oh, no, I've almost got my either clutch done. Yes. And yes, it's that right. last piece that people have. And then yep. you'll always see groups of people holding their either clutches for, that they made for the night. Yes, it's so funny. It's like, here are my plans. Well, my plans are to make a dress. And if I get that done in time, I'm going to make an either clutch. Exactly. With a dress. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like dangling you know, that little prize at the end, like get my dress finished so I can make this other thing and I can be fully head to toe me made. That's right. Yeah. It's awesome. I just love it. And I mean, people, I don't know. I think the post on the hashtag has something like 1500 posts. So that means there's quite a lot of items out there. There are. I've seen them. (laughs) It makes me very happy. (laughs) That's good. See, and you know, you persevered and your husband said, oh, it'll come and it came and everyone's happy. Yes, yes. And it's every time they go out, they make their rider clutch. It's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Everyone asks me if I have any plans to make more patterns, and I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> At this point, the labels and um, the, the sewing uh, sessions that we do here, yeah. they keep me pretty busy. And, you know, we have family and kids, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Pattern making is, it's a different thing. I, I guess the rider clutch may have been a bit of a fluke, but it really did just sort of come from my brain and, Maybe one day something else will just pop into my brain and I'll have to make it. So yeah. and look, if that, that happens, then I will. And that was a need that you had at the time and that's why you yeah. worked it through. Yeah. It, unless you need something else, you're pretty busy as it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got a whole team with you as well. So like how the Ida Clutch blew up, our labels, they just yeah. definitely went crazy. I looked at, actually someone asked me how long we've been doing them for. I looked it up. It's from November two years ago so it's been just over two years that when we launched our initial batch yes so it's I mean when I first decided to do this I was actually very nervous to place the order Hmm. uh, because it was around about $300 and that was a lot of money to spend um, on a product that I didn't know if it would happen and I wasn't working at the time so I I said to my husband should I do it and he said I pretty much asked him for advice on everything because uh, he's he's pretty he's very very supportive. But he said, "Well, would you buy it?" And I said, "Of course I would. This is why I'm making them. I, this product doesn't exist, and I want to buy it. Mm. So I'm going to offer it to other people." And then he said, "Well, go for it. I mean, it's only three hundred dollars. Just go for it." And then we started making them, and what do you know? They sold out very quickly. You had to reorder them, and then we were soon making another range of styles, and then got to the point where we had lots of people asking if we could wholesale them to shops but we weren't really ready because we needed to sort of scale up in terms of like how much we would be purchasing so that we could offer the same value to stockists and we we really in our heart wanted to redesign the packaging because we were using plastic and at first it was really difficult because the labels are really good quality and we really wanted people to see the quality of the labels, which is very hard to do without using something clear plastic. And then we went back and forth almost, you know, I, I'm a bit more emotional. So I kind of like almost threw in the towel with the whole redesigning the packaging, except then my grounding husband was like, no, we have to work this because this is really important. It's important for the environment. Yeah. And I said, yes, I know. I know. Let's do it. Okay. So then we, then one, one day uh, just popped in my mind that, 
we could use the paper packaging, but we'd have to have a photo, like a sticker on the front, which has a photo of the label. So yes. um, it could be bright and colourful and then people would be able to see what it looks like. And then it went from there. And then we started sending our labels to uh, shops in Australia and around the world. And it's just massive. It's, there, there are so many people in the world that sew. And I believe that a little pack of labels is, just something that everyone should have. It, it really is the cherry on top of your finished garment. That's how I see it. Yes. If you're going to spend that time making mm -hmm. the garment, you know, it's your heart, it's your time and it's your money, but it's more that you've put all that effort in and then you want to finish it with something that's like a badge of honour. You know, I finished this, I made it and... Uh, it's not store-bought, but it looks really awesome because it's got that little finishing touch. Yeah, and to be honest, if I buy something in a store and there's a label on it and it was scratching the back of my neck, I rip it out. Whereas yep. when I've made something and I'm about to finish it and think, oh, no, it doesn't have a label, then I put the label on for that particular reason because I made it and I'm happy with it. Exactly. Um, do you find that our labels are at all scratchy? Because I find them very soft. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of the work you put into making sure that they are soft. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So my kids are the same. They'll ask me to cut out every kind of label from anything that we buy from a shop, but they want our labels in there. Like they 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 like to choose which one they have in there. They yeah. they go through and then they'll be like, oh, oh, this time I would like your mama made it. Or sometimes they might choose the one that says you are loved. So. Aww. That makes me feel really good because I know I've done something right when the most critical people of labels, my children, mm -hmm. will not complain about ours. So they must be soft. I know that they're soft, but if they think they're soft, then they have to be. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. If it's someone who's got nothing to do with sewing, you ask for their opinion, they'll tell you straight away. And the thing is they don't have all of the extra thinking around, I bought the fabric, I've got to made it. I've spent this many hours, I've done all these adjustments and all of that kind of is cloud. I find that that clouds my decision-making right at the end. Sure. Or at a certain point, and I'll ask my husband, he'll say exactly the same thing as your husband would. Something really simple. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All, all the boys telling you, yeah, mum, I want your, this label this time. And it's like, okay, it's so yep. good. It is really good. And, I mean, they. I'm talking like I've made them on, I've put labels on their boxer shorts, which they might wear to bed without any underwear. So that's like mm. a, an extremely sensitive area, you know, on the back. Just above your waistline at the back. Just it, that could be super itchy. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's really good. My mum, funny, my mum still thinks it's hilarious that I am making a living out of a product that she cuts out of all of her clothing. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe that you have a business selling things that I cut out of everything. It's just funny. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, that's a reality. You know, but we do have to pinch ourselves often because, hmm. you know, it's just a simple idea and then it's just um, blown up from there. And it's great. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. And then having this moving out of my house and into this office space has been really amazing for so many reasons well it's getting all the work out of my house which is really good for my mental health yes <laughs> but being able to have a space where we can invite other people in the community to come 
and sew and socialize and we offer our space for hire for creative workshops so I really love that the Brisbane community is buzzing with creativity at the moment Mm -hmm. and KATM uh, headquarters is now known as this creative space that people can come and do really cool things and that makes my heart sing not only is this you know a beautiful office but it's it's now a creative maker's space I really really like that and I love getting the community together because as we know sewing can be a little bit isolating especially there's a lot of people that start sewing when they have babies I'm one of Mm. those people and you know often it's just you and your baby and you're at home and you're sewing and I've found that a lot of our people in the community that have come to our sessions are actually mums and this is like their time out. Like yeah. this is their like this is their five hours of uninterrupted sewing and socializing with adults. Like it's it's really beautiful. So I love that we can offer more value to the community yeah. through these social sewing. Yep. sessions yeah they're not there to look after people to clean up after people to cook for people they're there for themselves and yes. to talk to each other and about- i will make you coffee and <laughs> i will bring you some food and i will make sure you have water yeah it's like being looked after as well it's lovely your husband he's a barista isn't he yes he works at he works or well, he is a barista but he works yeah. at a roasters so he does a lot of training oh, okay um, and things like that yeah he's the coffee guy so we get our coffee from bare bones specialty Mm. coffee and it's delicious and (laughs) i drink too much of it sometimes but that's okay (laughs) it's good you've got a good source of coffee yeah exactly and it's been approved of course (laughs) yes if he's here he'll make it for me but otherwise i can make my own (laughs) Uh, going back to your space that you've got now uh, marjorie and i came to your space without notice i'm sorry about that but they That's had okay. that, that open they had the, the market thing that there for that quarter yeah because where you are there's a whole lot of other makers yeah so in the front on the street level um mm. we have it's it's sort of a collaborative space where there's a, a couple of different businesses sharing the lease and they yep. have they offer different things mm. um there's like interior design there's a fashion label there's a like a luxury homewares and uh, a textiles yeah. company. So they have a lot of ties with design and and things like that. And they wanted to have a couple of markets every year. We had one at Mother's Day and then we had another one at Father's Day, which is the one that I came to. Yes. And that particular day, I didn't have the space open because we had frocktails that night. Yes. And I was very tired because I was very pregnant and I didn't feel like I could do a nighttime thing and a daytime thing. So that particular one, we didn't do a lot. But usually when we have these market days, we have the space open. People can have a look and we often have our labels, a special price and there's food and there's entertainment and Mm. and my husband's always making the coffee. So yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. It was a really buzzy day. Uh, We were We've been looking at selective fine fabrics and then Marjorie said, oh, I think it's around here. I think this is where Kylie is. And that's why we rocked up. So I'm sorry we came unannounced. Oh, but no, that was a beautiful space. Fun. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Even when it's raining like today, it's still beautiful. There's a creek at the back. Mm. So sometimes I stare out the big glass window and I see a little family of ducks. <laughs> that's cute. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't get that in a normal office space. No, no. <laughs> Not in the big city. In fact, 
I, I just arrived at the office about 20 minutes before this interview and I realized that I had left my key for the office at home. <laughs> and But luckily my landlord was here and he let me in. Oh, thank you to your landlord for making this interview possible, yeah. Could have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I do only live six minutes away. You could have been standing on the road. Yes, oh, yes, that's true. But I only live six minutes away, so, you know. I could have just driven home, but still. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. I think the other, one of the other pieces that I wanted to find out from you, I think around July, August is usually remembering what happened. In Bangladesh. Yeah. Yep. When they had the fires and it was all those workers who died and they had, mm-hmm. were working in terrible conditions. Yes. Is that something that you'll be involved in every year? So last year, we there was the Fashion Revolution Week. That's it. That was organised by um, Naomi from The Soloist. And they had a couple of panel discussions about sustainability. And I was involved in that, talking about the renaissance of home sewing and how that plays into the, the sustainability of fashion. Because as we know, even though we might be paying extra for something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's made ethically so basically I don't buy clothes for myself I only make my own clothes and we accept hand-me-downs for the kids as much as possible and it doesn't need to be a perfect all or nothing type of situation Mm. as long as you're not you know over consuming anything and if you can buy something that you know where it's made and that it's made ethically then that's going to help and I think that is driving a lot of new and potentially younger sewists yeah. to our community because they see these ethical fashion companies and a lot of the designs are simple but they have good quality fabrics. So then they think, well, I think I might be able to make that. And then that gives them the motivation to start sewing. And then it's a big cycle. So I think with ethical sewing, yeah. it is going to get bigger and bigger in terms of industry and what's Mm -hmm. available to purchase but also I think as that becomes more popular so will sewing yeah it was a a two-day a three-day festival type of thing I don't know if it's going to run again this year but if they do ask me to be involved I would I would love to be I'll definitely visit even if I'm not a part of it because it was really great to meet more people in the community I mean I'm I'm actually it's hard to believe but I'm actually quite an introvert but I push myself to get out there and do stuff because I know that it's always good to meet new people and it's always I always feel better afterwards although I am exhausted but um, yeah (laughs) I do I do know that by meeting more people and getting out there in the community that I'm kind of helping in a way helping to spread the word about sewing yeah I feel like that's kind of my duty and my role as well well thank you (laughs) uh, from a uh, from a a consumer, I suppose, and from someone in the community. I'm really pleased that you do that. And it's really great when you do get involved in those initiatives and you spread the word around it because I don't follow everyone who's into the sustainability side of things. I mm-hmm. follow the people that I know and if they're into it, then I'm happy to learn through them. Yeah. So that's why, you know, from my perspective, thanks for doing that. Oh, that's, that's I do it for everyone. I know. But you're totally welcome. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, I just feel, it's it's actually, sometimes I speak to people and they still don't understand <laughs> that they're people that are sewing. 
<laughs> like it's just funny I, I might meet somebody new and they might ask me you know what I do that's the question that people ask hmm. and then I explain simply about the labels and and then I usually have to re-explain that it's no it's not for people to put in this kids school uniforms no it's yeah. it's it's for sewing people that are sewing at home hmm. and then people are often oh people sew at home yeah exactly <laughs> so I think there's a lot of work to be done yeah <laughs> I'm not trying to convince everyone to sew no. but just to no. know that it is a thing you know it is possible that you could sew your own clothes from home if you wanted to if yeah. you don't want to that's fine but it is possible when they start from what they know to what they don't know and they talk about oh, labels that you iron into your school clothes, that's their starting point. They don't know any other reason mm-hmm. we do because we want them and you're yes. doing them, so we're really thankful. Yes, that's yeah. right. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just really want to let people know that sewing isn't really, it doesn't have to be to replace buying things as well. Like you yes, if I make something, I don't, I'm not going to go and buy it, but it can also be just for enjoyment. And of course, if you're, if you're looking at, oh, I can see a top here and it costs $80. I can go and buy fabric and make it. And probably in the end, it's going to cost $80 mm. if you work in your time, but you can't really think of it like that. You, you really, it needs to be that you enjoy the process yeah. as well. So if someone was sewing just because they didn't want to pay $80 for something then that's probably not the right intention so if someone is actually interested in sewing I would love to point them in the right direction I get countless messages all the time of what sewing machine should I buy is there any sewing classes around where should I start honestly my best advice is to just do some research I actually taught myself to sew from the basement of my mother-in-law's house in the in the winter in Canada when there was not much else to do yeah wow (laughs) just from there's a lot of resources for free there's a lot of great pattern companies that have really good instructions Mm. and that's where I learned how to do pretty much everything through just following patterns Mm -hmm. the instructions and then if I didn't like that particular technique I might research how how else I could be doing it and then I've eventually evolved to having you know, my own sort of way of doing things. So if I open a new pattern and I see it's done a certain way, I might change that just to the way I prefer, but I generally stick to the pattern. But yeah, I think if you're a visual learner, you can look up YouTube. I don't like videos. I like diagrams or photos more mm-hmm. than videos because I find that sometimes I just want to know one little thing and I'm watching this whole video just to find out one little piece of information Yeah, that I could find very easily with photos. But that's just me. And some people like to just read words. And so once you work out how you learn best, that's how you should seek the information. And then you could learn how to sew. It's all just a series of steps, one after the other. Yeah. Oh, you know, when it comes to learning, visual is really good. Like, you know, when you took, put those photos up about how to, you know, use more than one label or, or how, to, how to yep. sew them in so that they stay yep. in and without needing to use pins. Sometimes it can get a bit skew-if. Um, yes. But I, I've been using YouTube for figuring out things with technology and apps more so yep. than with sewing things. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it depends on the person and how you're going to learn. I taught myself everything. So um, I don't know. I taught myself how to use Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator wow. on YouTube. Yeah. Because I w- originally, when I first started the company, I was using Canva, which is like, ooh, uh, it, you know, <laughs> designers are like, oh, Canva. It's great for social media and things like that, but it, like yeah. it, it's limiting. So I wanted to be able to have complete control. And then I got Illustrator and then I realized that I didn't know how to use it because it's all in a different language, basically. Hmm. So I basically work out, I want to do this. And then how do I do this in Illustrator? And there's so many different YouTube tutorials for that. Every time I've needed to find out one thing, I've looked it up. And then this one tutorial taught me like three extra things I didn't actually search for. So yeah, it's just about absorbing that and applying it. But it's the same as sewing. It is. So if I can step back, because I should have asked this at the beginning, on your website you said 32 years to get to find out what it is that you love. Yeah. So what were you doing prior to that to lead up to the 32 years? Whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> well, I didn't want to start with that question. No, well, it's a bit you too know, deep. I, well, well, I wasn't really doing much of merit, I tell you. <laughs> I went to school but in high school I did a little bit of university I mainly worked full-time in retail management and franchise management and then I actually worked in furniture sales and management there as well and then I actually left there to become a I worked in a tattoo shop ah okay yep so I first was um just being the help and the customer service and then I started to do some tattoos and I only was there for maybe a year and a half and I realized that it wasn't really my passion. Like, yes, I liked to do some drawings and do certain tattoos, but you're at the mercy of what the client wants a lot of the time. And yes, this is the whole thing with sewing. If I'm not into the idea or the, or the subject that I'm doing, then I'm not really interested in it. Yeah. So I felt like I wasn't really giving it the what I needed to give it. So I decided to leave there and then I worked in insurance (laughs) and then I went to Canada uh, on a working holiday and I met my husband. So I didn't actually have many hobbies because most of my free time, we were just socializing, going out to nightclubs and dancing and probably spending my money on outfits to go um, out nightclubbing and dancing. So it's really like a cycle. I don't think I was unhappy or anything like that, but I didn't really have that thing that I liked to do. Hmm. That was my own. Okay. Yeah. I, I think also when you get, as I've gotten older and then discovered this and I realized that I really enjoy my sewing time because I actually really enjoy my alone time hmm. because I am an only child. So I have had a lot of alone time growing up and I didn't realize how much I sort of needed that until I discovered sewing. So sewing for me is not only a creative outlet, but it's also just that introverted alone time. Yeah. That's just for me. So it grounds you back to who you are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I mean, like I love all of it, all the process. I don't, the only thing I don't like doing is gathering, but I mean, that's really neither here nor there. I don't mind cutting. I don't (laughs) mind, I don't mind, any of the process. I don't even mind if I have to unpick some things. It's yeah. just, I, lo- I love it all because it's my thing that I'm doing. I'm glad you found what makes you and what motivates you. 
Yeah, me too. I started off doing quilts because my initial, the whole stumbling upon sewing was actually by chance as well because I was Mm. living at my mother-in-law's and she had an old sewing machine. I said, can I have a play around with this? She said, sure. It was my, it was my mother's. It wasn't in very good shape, but I decided I'm going to make a quilt. So I went and I bought some quilting fabric and I made a quilt, a baby quilt for my son. And then I started getting really into following quilt quilting bloggers and and um I was like planning all these quilts and cutting out and starting things but I feel like I did a lot of starting and not a lot of finishing when it came to quilts right and they're a big investment in time Mm. because there's so many components and it's just very time consuming and then I made my first garment and then I I thought wow this is great (laughs) (laughs) you can you can cut out and you can you can sew it together and you know probably what was a few days at that at that time yeah and then you can have a finished product and mm-hmm. i think it as much as sewing is not instant gratification when you've come from quilts it, sewing yeah. a garment is like it's amazing and you can actually just wear that thing around it's not like you've made this thing that's taken you 100 hours or more mm-hmm. and it's just sitting on a bed yeah that you'll probably never take people into, whereas the garment you're wearing and you can you can wear it wherever you want to. Exactly. So, and then when I wore, the, the first garment I made for myself was actually a maternity top and I wore it to a party and I got a couple of compliments on it. So oh, then I was hooked, I think. <laughs> even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So I was hooked after that. Not only did you think it was cool, a lot of other people thought it was amazing. Yeah, because I think, especially, you know, more so in Canada, when I lived there, there was a lot of the same fashion. Like, a lot of people wore the same few brands. So, for someone to wear something that they hadn't seen, it obviously stood out more. Mm. I feel like maybe things have changed now because I've been back in Australia for five years. When I walk around Australia, everyone's wearing really bright, colourful things. Very, yeah, just everyone looks very unique and different. And so, I feel like, I might blend in more in Brisbane than I did when I first started making garments, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, it is a great feeling when someone compliments something that you've worn, um, that you've made, especially when they're like, oh, where did you get that? Where can I get that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I made it myself. (laughs) Uh, I know in an office environment, I'll say, oh, yeah, I made it. And they go, oh, can you make me one? I'm going, no. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, no, but I'll pay you. It's like, I don't want to. Sorry. Yeah, it's sometimes a bit, it is one of those awkward things, isn't it? Yeah. Where you don't want to say, you don't want to like sound like you're like selfish or or whatever. Mm. But if that's not your thing that you do, then you shouldn't do it, I guess. No. My assistant, Josie, she is such a selfless sewer. She's a great, she's been sewing for much longer than me. And she makes things for everybody. She makes things for her husband, her kids, but she also makes things for like her friends and her friend's husband. And she makes things for people that are family that live overseas and she sends them things. She's amazing. Mm. That wouldn't motivate me. And I I make things every now and again for my kids and my husband, but she's very much, she probably makes less for herself than other people. Okay. I'll, I'll see her and her whole family will be wearing stuff that she's made so sally my other assistant she is the one that packs all your orders so if you are ordering directly from the online shop as a customer they're actually being packed by sally 
everyone has commented on how beautifully things come packed and I'd love to take credit for it, but it's actually Sally. She's a very perfect, she's a, she's a perfectionist when it comes to packing things. That's so great. She Thank puts you, a lot Sally. of love in it. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Sally. Sally. Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to sewing those scarves for the, the volleys now. Oh, yes. Yep. Because it started off with making them for the fireys. Was that something that you both wanted to arrange or was that something that came from one of you or the whole team? Well, yeah, yeah. So Josie was actually with a friend while she was in labour during that whole thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so she she's sort of missed it all. But, okay, so the organisers are in Victoria and they yeah. had organised with the CFA to, to make these things and they just contacted me and said, would you help us promote this? Mm. And I said, okay, yes. And then I thought about it. This was on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And I was by the pool and my kids were swimming and my husband was swimming and I said to them, I said, hey, could we host like a sewing bee tomorrow? You know, would you help? And my husband said, a bit late notice. Do you think people will come? <laughs> and, he, and I said, well, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. will, probably. <laughs> At least a couple of people. So I said, yes, I'll help you promote it, but I will also host a sewing bee. So we, obviously it was late notice. I think I posted it at about 5.30 on the Saturday and it yeah. was starting at 10 a.m. the next day. And we had about 15 people on the Sunday and we started from scratch because I didn't actually have any uh, appropriate fabric. I would have cut some out if I had, but we had all these donations of fabric and people donating their time and we mm. had a full production line going. We had, we had one person cutting, one person cutting the next part, not, another person pinning the labels in. And then we had four people sewing and then we had some people turning them inside out. Then we had um, people pressing. We had the full thing, in, including all the way up to the people at the end that were clipping the threads and packing yeah. them. So we had a proper system going. And I, I knew that there were people that wanted to come that couldn't do the Sunday. So I scheduled yeah. another day on Tuesday. And then I thought, oh, let's just go big and try and get 500. And we ended up making almost 600. Yeah. By the two days were up. So that was awesome. And then I woke up on Wednesday morning. Yes. To find out that mm. they weren't actually going to be accepted. So we um, contacted a few other people. Oh, well, when I say we, um, Sally, my other assistant, she contacted a couple of people. And then she found the Queensland SES uh, rescue workers uh, will accept them. So we shipped them to them. So it was a happy ending. And, and you know what? The, the thing is, I felt sick because I was like, oh, no, I've asked all these people to, to yeah. do this. And, it's, and then it's not, we might not be doing anything with them. And then when I, you know, posted on social media that, like, just stop for now, stop making them for now until we work out what's going on, pretty much everybody that had attended the workshops, and by the way, there was about 28, 29 on the Tuesday, all the people that had attended the workshop sent me a message, private message saying, don't worry about it. You know, it was such a great day. Yeah. We had so much fun. You know, we sat around sewing, chatting. So it it wasn't a wasted day. And so that made me really happy because my, my main thing was that I felt bad for asking people to spend their time doing this. But it turned out that it all worked out in the end. Yes. Everyone was happy, even when we were unsure. And then everyone was very happy when we found out that we could actually send them to where we wanted to send them to. Exactly. So yeah. That was good. Yeah. 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 It was really fun. It was a good buzz. It was a good feeling that day, those two days. That's good. I mean, and I think there are still sewing bees happening now for yep. pouches and yep. for wildlife and, yep. you know, the recovery. 
at the regional level is going to take a whole lot longer. So it's yes. going to be interesting to see what else the sewing community can get themselves organised to do for people who mm -hmm. have lost everything. Yeah, so that's really good. Definitely. Yeah. I'm very um, happy that we have this space that we can do things like that every now mm. and again because, yeah, you do feel helpless, you know, when things like this happen, especially being in Queensland, we're not really close to where the main fires are happening. Yeah. But, you know, the support of the community is just phenomenal. You know, the fact that even 15 people just, yeah. whatever they were doing on Sunday, they weren't doing it anymore and they were coming in here and making cooling neckties. That's, that's right. great. Some and people that, had planned to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, they had, what, half a day's notice and they've dropped everything and come in and yes. it sounded like a really good day to be there. Even if it was just clipping threads off, you know, or yeah. turning them through. Yeah, because there was like four people clipping those threads. So they were sitting around clipping threads, chatting. Yeah. And it was just, it, it was really good. It was really good to see people just getting together and, and doing something for good. And yeah. And we had lots of donations of money from, I think most of the money was donated from probably around the world from some of our followers. And we thought that we would need to use that money to buy more fabric or to mm. buy more of the crystals or things like that. We yeah. didn't end up needing to buy any fabric because it was all donated the only thing we bought was lunch on one day for the oh, okay. volunteers yeah. and the next day the lunch was donated by another local business so we got to donate all of the money apart from the lunch and that was over fifteen hundred dollars that's so that right. was excellent so it was that went to the red cross fire appeal we actually made 599 ties which I don't know if that irks anybody else. You wanted one more for the 600. <laughs> well, it's so close. So close. We actually, um, because people, okay, if anybody is not familiar with these cooling neckties, they have these water absorbing crystals inside yes. them, which expand up to something like a 500 times the size or something like that. So you actually, in the whole necktie, it's got only one teaspoon of these crystals. So when you make it, it just looks like nothing. It just looks like fabric. So we actually soaked one in water so we could show everybody that was helping what mm. we're actually making. Mm. And yeah, so if we didn't do that, we would have one more, which would be the 600. But it was actually really important for people to see what we were doing. Because yeah. I think people just said, I'll, I'll help, even though they weren't even... 100% sure so it was really good to yeah. show people what it was and they do actually expand into mm. these really really amazing cooling neckties yeah so we actually gave that one to our friend who works in construction oh so it didn't so it didn't go to waste either <laughs> good yeah look I, I was watching the Facebook group at the time as they were getting themselves organized and there were yep. a lot of questions around you know how how they're used when are they used who uses them etc yeah and it was full on, but the people who were doing the organising were doing as much as they could as the whole thing unfolded. So from a community perspective, it was a really good case study of mm. how people tried to do what they could and then made the best of the situation and still gave to the community. So, yeah, it was yes. great. Yeah, I feel for them because it must have been really um, stressful in mm. that sort of 24 hours when yes. there were lots of questions unanswered and, and um, you know, frustrated people and things like that so I really feel for them and I I made sure that when I posted on my social media that I turned off comments because I didn't want to have an open discussion about it because really it's not, it wasn't my place I just thought that I needed to tell people mm. that 
you know, right now, we're not sure where they're going, so hold off right now. But yeah, it's good that it all came around and they did such a marvelous job. And now they've found a couple of different organizations, I believe, that are taking the, the cool. cooling neckties. Nice. So, so I think there's still more sewing bees going on and yeah. more cooling neckties being made. And I actually see a lot of stuff like, because it's school holidays mm. in Australia, like grandmas and, and mums with the kids and the kids are helping to make, to turn them inside out or to, to fill them with the crystals or they're helping mm. to put them in the Ziploc bags. And, you know, it's really, it's really great that, you know, kids, because kids love helping and being involved. Yeah, they do. And, you know, giving them little tasks to do it and t- talking about having a conversation about why we're doing this, where they're going. It's all really good. So as much as it's a cooling necktie, it's not going to solve all the problems no. at all by far. But it is a little gesture that whoever is receiving it, they will feel that somebody's made this and it's helping me a little bit. So, yeah, yeah I think it'll re- help them keep focused and know that what they're doing is they're doing the good work yeah, and people do- support them. Yeah, they're doing something for the community. It's not just mum sewing something, but this is yeah. going to someone who is doing some other work that we're not there and they're putting their life on their line to save others. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's good how the community gets together like that. Mm. It's a shame that all this is happening, but it is heartwarming to, to see the good that comes out of bad situations. Mm. It is. It's very heartwarming. Mm. Yeah. So 2020, any plans that you want to tell us about? Or mm-hmm. is it better just to keep it quiet? Well, I mean, we've always got things in the work for sure. When we're developing new products, we have this idea, but by the time it comes to being released, there's a lot of time in production. Mm-hmm. And we do have lots of things on the horizon. We have new labels, designs coming out. Right now, we're in, we're in January, so mm-hmm. we're right about to release the, the new cotton labels, oh, okay. which we've never done before. So they're made on cotton, and they have four different... I actually drew these little cute little... <laughs> logos for each of the designs and there's four designs and one says linen cotton silk, oh, yes, and wool yes, and they all yeah. have um little logos so they're being released now but uh this episode's not going to be released till march and Correct. by then there'll be other new products but just in case they're not released yet i'm not going to say anything okay. right now but um, <laughs> yeah so we we have other products not just labels that's all hmm. the name ah okay all right <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's hard, <laughs> you know, doing things new is always like, it's exciting, but it's difficult, it's stressful and, and all the emotions. And then, yeah. and then it's always like, are people going to like it? That kind of thing. So yeah, feel, I'm feeling all, all the different things at the moment about, about what we've got planned, but, but we're always are releasing new labels and we've got a couple of collaborations happening with labels okay. in, the, in the future as well so very exciting very exciting watch this space yes and we'll be continuing doing our social sewing mm-hmm. we try and do we try and do at least two every month mm-hmm. and they're usually during the day and then every now and again we do the the nighttime sip and sews yep yeah, they are really fun, except I usually go to bed at about 9, so staying <laughs> up till 10.30 on a, on a night is quite exhausting to me, so I usually have a nap. <laughs> Beforehand? In the, yeah. So oh, can, good. 
I actually don't sew at night usually either. So I very rarely get much done on those nights. But it's just a social thing. Anyways, other people get stuff done. Okay. I get a lot more done on the daytime ones. Oh, look, I was messaging Susan, asking her, you know, if you want to ask a question, what would you ask Kylie? And I think the key thing was, one day, can we arrange with Kylie to record live from Sip and Sew? I said, look, oh, I'll, I'll yeah. raise it and maybe I'll follow <laughs> that through with Josie. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of chatter about yeah. sewing and patterns and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if... Um, not that anything gets out of hand without conversations, but I wonder if things would I wonder if things would be different if people knew that we were listening. Anyway. That's funny. Cool. Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like well, like two thousand and nineteen was like a very, very huge year. Yeah. For for so many reasons because we well, I was I was working at home in the beginning of the year. I moved into this space in April mm. and in the beginning of the year I found out I was pregnant and I decided I was feeling pretty rubbish, like morning sickness and stuff. Yeah. And I had been thinking about, you know, needing an assistant. And then with being pregnant is it gives you timelines for things mm-hmm. because you're like, you know, when your due date is, so you think, Oh, I've got to do this and this and this before the due date. I asked Josie to be my assistant because one, she's just very intelligent. She's an editor, a writer, She's good with words and she's like a lovely individual. She, and she's uh, we very actually organized. Are, yeah, very organized. She yes. already knows the product and the business. She's already so, so that was, that was great. I didn't have to teach anything like this. And she also, I uh, wear both Aries, which we, we probably shouldn't be friends. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but it just works somehow. And she pushes me and in, in, a, in a good way. And she, she keeps me accountable. And yeah, basically we thought, when you have a due date, it's also a good date to set goals for, you know? Yeah. So we were like, well, by September, we'd like to have this and this, and we'd like to maybe be selling our product in, in, a, in this many shops. And then it got, you know, halfway through that time period. And we were pretty much already there at our goal that we had set for September. We were basically at our goal by July. Wow. So yeah. And then, That's great. yeah. So, we say, okay, we have to reset this goal now. And that's new to me. Usually I set things so high that they're unattainable. And I thought that I was doing that, hmm. but it just, it happened really easily. I have to thank Josie for, for that, keeping things organized. And then of course, when it came time to have my baby, we, we found out that I thought I was in labor and we actually found out that his heart yeah. had stopped. Yeah. So we had to, um, That's hard. you know, yeah. So and we I'm found really out that, that happened. Yeah. Thank you. It, it really was a, a blind side. Yeah. You know, with, I've had three other children with, with no complications. So yeah. having a baby um, die, is just, that was not even on my near radar. No. So that really that. caught me off guard, of course. And it was such a sad time. And, you know, we've had to work through a lot of things. And I think a lot of what has helped me is has to do with our team, like with Josie and Sally. Mm. Josie was actually overseas at the time, which was really heartbreaking because she's not only my assistant, but she's my friend. And um, we had just launched a brand new product 
the day that I went into hospital mm. and we had so many orders and they just really just took care of so much and kept the ball rolling. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. But what else it has helped me a lot is, is having a hobby like sewing. Yeah. And being able to, I feel like I'm at the point where, cause I'm, I'm quite experienced at sewing. When I do sew, it helps me to actually reflect on other things that aren't sewing related. Yeah. Cause I can sort of do some really deep thinking. Yeah. I should mention that we named our baby Albertine. He was yes. a baby boy. And yes. um, so I think about Albertine when I'm sewing. Yeah. But also what's really, really been the main thing that's helped me is the community of people, the sewing community online, because my husband had the idea that when we have his funeral, we mm. should make origami or we should ask people to make origami and bring it and we will have the origami cremated with him, which mm. we did. Mm. And then see these great ideas that I have, they just come out of nowhere. Like I'm not, I was, I was, I had to go and, um, buy some clothes for the kids for the funeral because I didn't have any yeah, yeah. Um, nice clothes. So I went shopping and I decided to try on some new pyjamas because, you know, I was postpartum at this point. I wanted really comfy clothes. I'm yeah. trying on these pyjamas in this change room and bam, this idea came to me. I'm going to start a hashtag, origami for Albertine, and I'm going to ask everyone that we know on online, which is quite mm -hmm. a lot of people, if they would also be able to make an origami on that day. I wasn't going to tell my husband about it because he kind of orchestrated the origami thing and I thought, oh, I won't say anything and it'll just be a surprise. Mm. And then I posted about it on the day of his funeral and by the end of the day, there was hundreds and hundreds of photos. Yes, there were. And I think the last time I looked, there was about 600 photos that people had posted on their own Instagram under that hashtag. And that that just has blown us away because something so horrible happens mm. and nothing really, no words or anything anyone can say will really help. But no. being able to share the story and being able to accept these gifts from people, which I think of these, this origami as being a gift from, from everybody to yeah. say that they're thinking of us. And yeah. I just, I just think, it was an amazing show of love yep. from people that I've never met. I've still and got the three cranes that I made on that day at, on my desk at work and someone said, oh, are you going to clear them off? I'm going, no, <laughs> they're staying, thanks. They're there yeah. for a reason. Yeah. yeah. We had so much origami. Even my dad made origami. And if you've ever met my dad, his fish yeah. fingers, uh, he's a very big man. He has very big hands. Mm -hmm. And he even made a few cranes. So I was very, oh. very humbled by that. And the funeral was actually on my dad's birthday. So okay. there's just a lot of memories around that time. But I think the fact that we have social media, you know, you can say there's negatives about social media as well. But I feel like it has helped me a lot because I've been able to share my story and and feel supported feel supported yeah. and also I've had people contact me saying that they like thanking me for sharing my story because something I've said has you know helped them in in some way because of some other loss or maybe a similar or a different circumstance has mm. happened to them but something that I've said has spoken to them so you know I think having a, a hobby 
that I can do, which helps me reflect mm-hmm. while I'm doing it. And also having a really supportive community to be a part of that has helped me so, so much. So, and also having, <laughs> having three little children that need breakfast every morning. Yeah. That's helped me get out of bed every morning. And I'll ground you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Throughout so, the day. Yeah. And then in terms of my business, I mean, everything everything has changed really because mm-hmm. we thought we would be sort of taking a bit of a break and, you know, while having a newborn and feeling sleep deprived and all of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're still grieving. Yeah. But we do have more opportunities to do more more different things now so I think this little baby who we never really you know got to got to meet properly yeah he he really helped us to move towards and and move past a goal that we'd set and then he's allowed me to see so many different emotions and so much support Mm -hmm. and all this stuff that I didn't know was around me until this happened and then now he also gives me the strength to know that you know we can we can sort of take things for granted and we shouldn't because you know life is precious and Mm. and everything we do should have a purpose and we shouldn't you know we shouldn't overlook it we shouldn't overlook it we should just I don't mean like keeping busy all the time I mean we need to have self-care but you know, if there's an opportunity for something that is going to bring us joy, then we should do it. Exactly. And that's what this, this my business truly does bring me joy. It's the community, the products, it's everything that I love. So it really doesn't feel like work at all. That's great. I'm glad you found what makes you happy. And yeah. with everything that's happened last year that, you know, you've been yes sorely missed. Yeah. So thank you. I know yeah. I can't put into words because I haven't gone through what you've gone through, but I'm really thankful that you're here and that, you know, you're still Me with too. us in the whole family. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah. We, we talk about this a lot and it's like, yeah, it's better that we, we take every day as a, a blessing mm-hmm. and not for granted. It, it is a privilege. Yep. To yeah. 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 Don't overlook being here today. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Harley. On another note, are you yep. going to the Sydney Fructales? In April? Yes. Yeah, I think I bought the ticket because she sold them like as soon as Melbourne was finished. I thought, oh, I'll just get it and yeah, yeah, I'm going. Are you going to come? Well, I have Maybe. a ticket. Yeah. I have <laughs> a ticket. <laughs> well, I'll certainly be there in spirit if I'm not there because we always do raffle prizes and I'm sure there'll yes. be some Ida's there. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, we love Fructales. Oh, if anybody is listening that organises uh, other cocktails that we don't already donate to, just let us know because we're always happy to donate a prize for the sewers because we love the sewing community. Yeah, and we love you back. Awesome. We pretty yeah. much do sponsor all of them that I know of, yeah. but if there's, I know that every year there's there's more and more popping up in different cities around the states and uh, in Canada as well. So. Um, ah yes yeah. i know they've been picked up all over the world yes so we yes there's been lots this last year but um mm. 2020 we've already heard of the three new ones that 
the, is the first one. So that's awesome. Yeah, it is. More cocktails. Yep. And our listeners, uh, not just Australian, but America, the UK, a lot of all the English speaking countries, whenever we put a pod- podcast out, it hits the top of the charts. Um, oh. the, you know, the, the, the days that it goes up, uh, mm-hmm. we're usually at the top of the charts in the craft part of all the English speaking countries. So we do have listeners who are not just Australians. That's really good. Yeah, awesome. Great. Well, we, uh, in terms of our labels, we sell uh, more labels in other countries than Australia. Like mm. there's in Europe, especially like all over Europe. Yeah. Um, they love sewing and crafting. It seems. It seems like Europeans have been sewing and crafting at home forever, they and have. and never really went out of fashion. And mm. here, we we've just started to get you know back into it again, so to yep. speak. So they're yeah, very passionate, very uh, passionate sellers in, in uh, Europe. When I went to the Prim factory last year, they mm. gave me the pom-pom makers and I thought, what are the pom-pom? And they're going, oh, no, they're really huge in the winter. And they're going, oh, okay, people make yeah. pom-poms with these. It's just, it just blew my mind. So, yeah, you're right. Yep. They I, love used it to, I got one of the tassel makers recently. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's like a, it's similar to the pom-pom maker. It's like a tassel maker. Mm-hmm. I haven't used it yet. I was going to make a tassel for an Ida clutch that I have cut out that is not sewn together. I'll leave it there. So thanks for your Thank time. Thank you. And it's my birthday on the day that the podcast is going to come out. Yay. So happy birthday. We'll put Thank it, you. Um, we'll make sure that there is a cake as part of the promo for you. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. Yes. I'm turning 35. Yeah. It's just a number. It. I know. It's just funny because <laughs> I'm, I'm one year, I'm 10 months older than my husband and he was like, oh, 35, that means, you know, you're almost 40. And I'm like, no, not that there's anything wrong with 40, but I don't think 35 is almost 40. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm 35 and that's it. I don't know. And taking life by sure. the horns. Yeah. Thanks, Maria. Aren't you glad you stayed listening to Kylie? She's a valued member of the sign community and her thinking and love for the sign community are demonstrated not just by her business, but by her actions. She's a champion for us to take up sewing and stay creative. We're so fortunate Kylie shares her stories and gives us ways to also keep going. Kylie's whole family play an integral part of Kylie and the Machine. The Machine are Kylie's husband for advice, her beloved team members Sally and Josie, and her boys constantly remind their mum how much they love her and her labels. Thank you, Kylie, for being on our podcast. Happy birthday. And thank you for helping us at So Organised Style Podcast to continue to be part of the sewing community. Stay safe and thank you for being connected to us all. This weekend, I hope you can all attend virtual Frocktails now that we're all staying at home and keeping safe. Shout out to our podcast sponsor, Erin of Style Sami Patterns, and her family as they're also staying at home. Hop into our Patreon page to give us a tip so we can continue to showcase helpful people from the sewing community on our show. Our guests bravely share their sewing and life skill strategies with our creative online community every day. You can also find our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio and CastBox. Subscribe to our podcast to catch every episode.
Next episode, you'll hear how much the Firths, an Australian mother and daughter couture sewing duo, talk about how sewing is their hobby that keeps them together. Stay safe until next time. Bye, everyone.